0: Is that on? That's on. That's on. If you'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 7. And uh, we'll be carrying on going through the Sermon on the Mount. Let's move that a bit forward. (laughs) Matthew 7, verse 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you do also to them for this is the law and the prophets not a long passage this morning just a single verse i have always been keen to know about anything that happens on my birthday in history or anybody who is famous whatever that might mean uh was born or died or whatever happened on my birthday i'm quite interested to find out about things like that. And this week, I found out that I share my birthday with hans george otto hermann okay. Wow! And you thought, who? <laughs> but um, I knew who he was. Um, anybody seen the film Downfall? Yes. He's in that. So that'll give you a clue for some of you anyway, who that might be, who one of the people that might be. He was born on October the 30th, 1906, and his claim to fame is to have married Gretel Brown. Is it becoming clearer? <laughs> you don't know who Gretel Brown is, perhaps. She's the sister of Eva Brown. Ah, oh, now it's becoming clearer. Eva Braun is Hitler's girlfriend. Gretel Brown is her sister. And Fagelein was married to Gretel Brown. And you're thinking, wow, that's a claim to fame, isn't it? Fagelein was in Hitler's entourage. And in particular, he was aligned with Heinrich Himmler. He had a lot to do with him. And Albert Speer, Hitler's architect, said of Fagelein, he is one of the most disgusting people in Hitler's circle. So, that's um, the person I share my birthday with. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says that he was cowardly, sycophantic, and cynical. So, not a very pleasant person. Now, as an aside, I found out yesterday what the word sycophant actually means. Literally, It means fig declarer. Yep, fig, F-I-G, fig. Fig declarer. And you're probably thinking, so how have we got from that to what it means today? And so as an aside, and that will be relevant a bit later on, a sycophant, a fig declarer, is a reporter to the authorities of somebody who is illegally importing figs. All right? (laughs) And that's become down to sycophantic today, people who fawn around those in power or authority or fame or whatever. As Hitler's Reich disintegrated, Fagelein deserted, not just Hitler but his pregnant wife also, just left them all behind and made a run for it. But he got caught, he was court-martialed and shot. His self-serving, selfish attitude got him killed. Had he treated people with a bit more respect, been wiser, had cared for people, perhaps loved people in his decisions, he may well have survived the war, for he got shot two days before Hitler committed suicide. So if he'd have just hung around and perhaps seen his days out, he would have survived the war, possibly. Now, whatever you wish that others would do for you, you should also do for them, for this is the law and the prophets. So let's deal with the word, so. Because Jesus says here, so, whatever you wish that others would do to you. The so, to what does that refer? Now, I want to put it to you that this golden rule is the coverall for everything that Jesus has said in the Sermon on the Mount. This basically covers everything. If you want to understand how to apply all of this to your life from the beginning, from chapter 5 all the way through, then this is the coverall for it. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, you do also to them. And if you go through and apply the golden rule all the way through, I think you'll find that you'll keep it all. After this... All you get are warnings of what happens if you don't take heed. It's about the narrow gate, the false prophets, trees and fruit, those who say, Lord, Lord, and build your house on rock, not on sand. But that's to come. So it's, it's warnings after this. Now then, let's kind of throw it open, see what we get. What do you wish that others would do to you? This is the interactive part. Encourage. Encourage. Love. Love. Respect. Respect. Cuddle. Cuddle. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Anything else? Be kind. Be kind. Listen. Listen. Considerate. Be considerate. Help. Show mercy. Show mercy. Pray for those who need help. Pray. Be gracious. gracious. Are you starting to see a picture of what we could be like? Love, care, respect, help, protect, bear with, forgive, give, share, be for you, understand, not judge, be honest, be a friend, tell me the truth, and so forth. If you want these things, these are the things to be with others. Not, I wish they would buy me a custard tart every Sunday. That would be nice, and it is kind of like, well, maybe. (laughs) But essentially, it's not about that material sense. This is about something much deeper. This is about what we most desire. You know, Sam, a couple of weeks back, or two or three weeks back, uh, was preaching on judge, lest you not also be judged. Well, actually, that's something for us to go, do we want to be judged? Do we want to be judged by others? Well, how are we doing? Do you want others to bear with you when you're not on a good day? Do you want others to cut you some slack? Do you want others to be gracious with you? Well, then you will need to bear with others. And it's not always easy, because we're of different personality types and what have you. But still, the principle doesn't change. Are you prepared to cut other people's slack? Are you prepared to be gracious with others? Now I'm thinking when I'm driving, am I cutting slack for the person in front of me? I'd find it a lot easier if they went a bit faster. But you see, actually, it's about bearing with them. It's about caring about the person in front of you. There might be all sorts of reasons why they drive the way they do. And we can sit here and judge it. That's easy. Or we can say, actually, I wish that they would think warmly, positively, Caringly, lovingly about me when I'm in front of them. It's easy to be negative as a driver. Now, I appreciate being told the truth. It's not always easy or nice, but it is always better in the long run. And that's something that means something to me. I'm not very good with people that fob you off with something that sounds nice but isn't the truth. Pete Carter... Uh, who was at New Ash Green, uh, but is now Ebbsfleet, used to oversee uh, New Frontiers here in Kent. And when I was a leader, that was who I related to. And he asked to hear some tapes of my preaching because uh, I was being encouraged to become the lead elder at that time. And he said, it'd be good to interact with these things. Would you give me some some of your tapes of your preaching? So I did. Now he and I are friends. So you've got to keep that in mind, that's the bottom line, we're friends. I already had a decent reputation for preaching, so what have I got to lose? This would be amazing for Pete. (laughs) He listened to these tapes, and his review of my preaching was this. They're very informational, not very inspirational. Now here's my vulnerability as a teacher. I like to tell people things. I find many things fascinating. Now you know why you've got the aside on the fig declarers. I read it yesterday. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I thought, I'd tell you. But it's not very inspirational. You can't live on sermons like that. I love history and all the background and all the rest of it. But preaching isn't a history lecture. It's not an exercise in what I know or what I must tell you about. It's so much more than that. Preaching should be at least four things. It should be Holy Spirit led. It's easy to think that's what we're doing, but it must be that. It must be Jesus centred. It's actually all about him. It must be God glorifying because that's the ultimate point of our life. And it must be life enhancing for those who are engaging with it. So, there's a place for you to give feedback. Is it life-enhancing? Does it help you? If it isn't these things, preachers are missing the point. If there's no honesty, there'll be no growth. If there's no growth, there'll be stagnation. And what happens if there's stagnation? It starts to stink. Who wants that? Now, I am so thankful for Pete's input into my life, because it made me go away and start thinking about what actually is happening in the process of preparation to preaching. It changed the way that I went about it. It changed the whole way that I interact with it. But what then do I do to others? Pete was fairly straight with me. I want to be straight with others. That seems reasonable, doesn't it? (laughs) this is where your leaders get kind of nervous (laughs) what happens now now it's easy to assure you that I care it's easy to assure you because I do, I do care but I also know that I've really crunched people because being straight is not the same as telling the truth in love it's not the same you can think it's the same but it's not the same So being honest and truthful and straight is not all that's needed. There are other things that are needed alongside it. Humility, gentleness, and love. Now, when you're a fella, it's not so easy to think gentleness is a good thing. You think, oh, that's a bit girly. But actually, Jesus was gentle. And gentleness is winsome, it wins people. Because it's caring, it's got love at its heart. Gentleness is not something men think about a lot, but they really should. Humility is needed because we're all weak, foolish and vulnerable. Humble yourself, recognise we're weak, we're vulnerable. It's not easy, but actually, before God, it is the appropriate thing. Gentleness is needed because it allows people to interact with it in their way, whatever that is, not your way. And love, because love is everything. Jesus was full of grace and truth, not, you'll notice, full of truth and grace. It's the right way round. He's full of grace and truth. If it's the other way round, if Jesus is full of truth and then grace, it's harsh. If he's full of grace and truth, it's love first. Truth second. And then, in the in John, you'll find that he deals with it exactly that way with the adulterous woman. Is there anyone here to condemn you? No. I don't condemn you. Grace. Now go your way and sin no more. Truth. That's the way we need to be. Jesus is full of grace. Do you ever think about what that's like? Full of it. He cannot help himself but be Gracious. He can't help himself but interact with everything full of grace. That undeserved favour. And he cannot help himself but then be full of truth. So, whatever you get from Jesus is the truth. It may not necessarily be easy to hear, but it is the truth. That's the kind of people we need to be like. Wouldn't it be good to be known as people like that, full of grace and truth? We love people we tell them the truth. Whereas we can get into a habit of telling people the truth and then we're considered we're gracious afterwards. Now FCC is blessed indeed to have so many preachers who are excellent and growing. Sam, Mike, Luke, Adam, Pete, Neil, and that's amazing for a church our size to have that many preachers. Do you not think maybe God's doing something here for the longer run, for the kingdom's good? These are people that need to be encouraged. Think about what you want from your preachers and then consider what you can do to build them up, encourage them, and inspire them. Because it's not, you know, some of you would not want to be up here, would you? So think what it means for those who are and how you can encourage them. Be wise, be humble, and be loving, but equally. Don't be all soft, focused Christianity. That's not what we're about. Preaching is wonderful. It is. But we also need to recognise we can apply this to all areas of church life. Not just preaching. I'm using that. But actually it could be for the prophecy or for serving or for worship or for the children's work. Whatever it might be, what are we doing to encourage people? Because as you do for them, as what we're going to do for you. Be with others the way that you want them to be with you. Be for them, do good to them. Guess what will happen? They'll be for you and they'll do good to you. It's a kingdom principle. That's how it's going to work. Now it's easy to think, that I'm serving already. Isn't that good? Well, only if you're serving with the right and a good and loving attitude. Because we can serve outside of those things. But the way that we want others to do things, that's the way we ought to do them. Do to others what you wish they would do to you. Now at the moment, in my quiet time with God, I'm reading through Jeremiah, slowly, and really enjoying it. But Jeremiah sees that God's people have exiled God to the background, and they've pursued the attentions of others rather than God. Do you know what happens? God exiles the people to a place where those others will indeed give them the attention they crave. But it's actually not what they want. And they get exiled off to Babylon. And actually they're in a world where they're told you've got to live amongst them. You've got to stay with them. It's not what they want. They want to be in their home place with their own people with the temple. But they get exiled. The worst thing. God exiles a people. Do they like it? No. But you reap what you sow. So treat others the way you want to be treated. And that's true of your relationship with God as well. How do you want God to be with you? What do you like with God? Do you treat God half-heartedly? Are you lukewarm? It's easy to drift into these things. I I was up here not that long ago, just saying, actually, I was really struggling with my spiritual life. And actually, it's kind of been brought to my attention through Jeremiah. What happens to a people that are half-hearted? God seems distant. Actually, it gets hard. Actually, you're in places you don't want to be, and so forth. The answer, turn back to God. Commit yourself to him. You reap what you sow. This, why do you do it? Because this is the law and the prophets. So, to what's this referring? Well, if we turn a bit further on in Matthew to Matthew 22 and verse 35, and one of them, a Pharisee, and the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees were gathered around to Jesus. One of them, a lawyer, asked a question to test him Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The answer to this is about loving God, loving your neighbor. And if you do those things, what you do to others will be the things that you want done to yourself. It's the law that Jesus sets out. Love God with every fibre of your being. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. And you will do to them what you want them to do to you. The key to it is love. So here we have a fundamental breakdown of all that Jesus has said. Do to others what you want them to do to you. Love God, love your neighbour. How would you expect it to go from there? You will always know God's presence. You will always know God's favour, even in a hard place. Because I don't want you to get under some kind of weird thing that actually it'll all go well for you. It won't necessarily. But you will know God's presence in the midst of it. So love God with every fibre of your being, love everyone else as much as you possibly can. And you will find God's favour and blessing in whatever circumstance you end up in. Now, Stacy, when she was little, and you know, with all these different people having babies, it makes you think, I remember these days. I remember this, the getting up at unearthly hours. <laughs> yeah, I won't mention what Neil and Emma were talking about earlier, but it's something babies do. Um, <laughs> and the excitement of a baby to come. These are exciting things, and it makes you think, I remember this. I remember what this was like. My Stacey used to have a T-shirt, and it had upon it, the best way to have a friend is to be one. Want a friend? Be a friend. Be friendly. Want others to care? You care for others then. Want other people to be dynamically leading at the front? That won't follow, will it? Encourage. Encourage those that do. Because they'll encourage you. You get the picture. You don't do it to receive, you understand. You do it because it's good. You do it because actually it's honouring to God. That's why you do it. You don't say, if I do this, they will do it to me. That's what I need. Oh no, that's the wrong motivation. No, you do it because it's good. And we want to do people good. and Because that's glorifying to God. And we want to do that. You know, God loved you so much that he sent Jesus. How about loving God so much that he's the center? Because we can see in Jesus is the center. But we need also to live that out. Is he the centre? The Holy Spirit loves you so much that he's with you 24-7. How about listening to what he has to say then? Jesus loves you so much he died for your sins. How about not sinning then in order to honour him? What are we going to do for Jesus who has done so much for us? Are we going to live out the principle that he's teaching us toward him? Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. This is everything. This is actually the way to live out all of the things that have come before. It could be that we could have started at the beginning of Matthew 5, seeing the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, just flip to the end and we'll cover it all. But Jesus is laying it all out, and as he lays it all out, then you get this, to make it memorable. So when you remember the golden rule, as it gets called, you can live it out and think, that's the way to make sure I overcome anger. How do you overcome anger? Do I want people to be angry with me? Actually, maybe I ought to be gracious then, on and bearing with one another then perhaps, actually, they'll be like that with me. Don't swear oaths. Why? Because an oath is utterly binding. It's utterly binding. So Jesus doesn't want you to bind yourself unnecessarily. So be a person of your word, because you want people to be a person of their word, and so forth. And you can, surely in small groups, you can go through a lot of this and work out how to do it. Because this is everything. This is the way that Jesus wanted the people to follow him. If you're going to follow Jesus, then what you wish others would do to you, you do also to them. For that is the law and the prophets. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, I thank you. There's not a case of we have to get it all right from day one, but we grow. I want to pray lord that we would grow in these things i thank you lord that we're aiming to be perfect as you are perfect but we are not there yet we're in progress and process i pray your holy spirit would empower and enhance everything that we do so that we may become a people who know how to love others and lord most of all as we come to worship now I want to pray, Lord, that we would love you with everything in us. May we honour you and worship you, but live out our life for your glory. And I pray, Lord, we would be built up together this morning in your great grace. Thank you so much that you've loved us at such a time as this. Right here in Faversham, may we do good to Faversham and glorify your name. Amen. Amen.